Hey y'all, get under the covers and get comfortable because we're about to get intimate. No, not that kind of intimate, but close. Did you know that three of the most intimate conversations we can have are sex, mental health, and finances? Probably didn't expect that last one, did you? Financial challenges are actually one of the leading causes of divorce and stress today. A big reason? We don't talk about it. At least not thoroughly, anyhow. That's where I come in. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Marie, a certified wealth coach, best-selling author, and the creator of Bedroom Talks. Get Financially Intimate a podcast focused on bringing awareness to the importance of financial intimacy and enticing openness to get real in a judgment-free zone. Together, we're going to cover a multitude of financial topics so you can leap toward financial freedom with confidence. Are you ready? Grab your wine or whatever drink you prefer and let's unrobe this topic. Hello, and welcome back to the Bedroom Talks podcast, where we get financially intimate. I really am excited about this month. I am expecting the month of February to be the month that we all truly get more intimate with our finances and with our financial conversations. Why? Well, one, because February is the month of love. And well, I should say here in the U.S., it's the month that we highlight love the most, right? Well, one of the passions that I have and the premise behind this podcast in the first place is to help us get more comfortable with having financial conversations with ourselves and within our families, especially in marriages. And so this month, I want to highlight pieces of financial conversations that really emphasize loving yourself and loving your financial goals, loving where you are and knowing that it's leading you to where you want to be. Okay. So essentially, We're going to talk today about commitment. Are you ready to commit? What do I mean by that? Well, let's recap a little bit. The last episode, we talked about savings. We talked about the importance of savings, especially having an emergency savings. And I briefly discussed how I was a bit frustrated last year when I heard a ton of people in the financial 
sector talk about things like investing and put it as a priority over saving. Now, you're going to hear a lot today about investing, but I want to reiterate how I, my perspective on saving when it's the best thing for you. What do I mean by that? If you are in a space where there is no savings at all or very little savings for emergencies and debt is high and you really want to get your debt paid off, investing may not quite be the right step for you yet, okay? Try to get that $1,000 emergency fund. Most people that I work with will get that accomplished within 30 to 60 days, all right? And then start focusing on that debt snowball. But here's the thing. Depending on your circumstances and where you're at and what your focus is, you actually can start investing with little. You don't have to have hundreds of dollars or $1,000 or $10,000 in order to start investing. You can start investing with $25 or $50 a month. Is it going to yield an extremely large amount right away? No, but here's why. Investing is a long-term commitment. If you're going to make a profit off of investing, you have to be willing to commit. And you have to be willing to commit for the long haul. Now, yes, there are things that you can do. You can, you can check your accounts every single day and move things around. And you don't necessarily have to keep your money in one place, you know, for, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. But the, in, the general idea of investing is a long-term commitment, okay? So I kind of want to frame this in a way that can make sense for everybody. I was thinking about the biblical perspective of investing. And one of the scriptures that came to me is actually a section in the book of Matthew. And it's in chapter 25 and starts in verse 14 and goes about to verse 30. And it's the parable of the talents. Now, the premise behind this is we can take the money that's given to us 
the money that we earn may not necessarily be given to us from somebody else. We could take the money that we earn and we could do nothing with it. And we're not going to get anything back. Right. Or we can do like what the second person did and we could put it in a high yield savings account. Like we talked about in the last episode. Or we can put it in a in form of investment that is, you know, maybe going to make a smaller return. Okay. Or we could be like the third person and put it in um, other forms of investing options that have higher yields of return. The choice is yours. What do you want out of it? If you want to get something out of your money, then choose for yourself how much risk are you willing to take and how much can you work with right now? Do you want to be like the second person or the third person in the parable of the talents right now? And here's the thing. You can switch back and forth at any time, whatever works best for you. Both of them made a profit. Both of them made a profit. Okay. The important thing to understand about investing is how much are you willing to risk? How much are you willing to risk? What are you comfortable with? And it's okay if it's different than somebody else. What are you comfortable with? Interestingly, I found a quote from Melody Hobson. And I really love this because it just emphasizes the premise of something is better than nothing in most cases. This is what it says. The biggest risk of all is not taking one. The biggest risk of all is not taking one. Melody Hobson. I still stand by the thought process of if there is no emergency saving and debt is high, you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're like, I don't even know how I'd make this work. Pause, take a deep breath. It's okay. Get some things situated and build up that thousand dollar starter emergency fund start looking at that that snowball and maybe in two to three months you'll have $25 to start with a month start small there's another quote out there and I can't remember off the top of my head where uh who said it but it's never just dis- never despise small beginnings okay in a lot of cases something is better than nothing so if we're going to start investing, what does that look like? How do we start? Even if it's 
just starting small. How do we get started? So here are a couple of things that you can do to get started today. And many of these options, you don't need hundreds or thousands of dollars to get started. Okay. I love going to Nerd Wallet, and I will share this link in the description for you because they are a trusted source of information. They are usually non-biased and they provide a lot of insight and clarity. So obviously if you have worked in a typical organization for even a couple of years, you probably have heard of this first option, but it's a 401k. If you work for the government, it's called a TSP, Thrift Savings Plan. These are accounts set up that can take money straight from your paycheck and put it in this retirement type account that is going to essentially work like an investment. It's going to work on your behalf behind the scenes and earn you money. You cannot access it until you retire. If you do take money out of it beforehand, you will be taxed. There are, there's penalties on that. So just note that. A lot of 401ks have employer contributions as well. Not all of them do, but a lot of them do. So this is a simple way to get started. You can start off with a certain dollar amount or a certain percentage. Some of those options might vary depending on what your employer allows or what the program that your company uses allows, okay? I personally started with mine at 1% because that's all that I could afford at the time seven years ago. I'm now at 5% of my paycheck going into my 401k. Where I work, they match you up to 5%. So I put 5% and the company puts 5%. So 10% of my income every month is going into a 401k, and that's working for me behind the scenes. I don't have to manage it. I don't have to touch it. Not all companies will match, but if you do have a company that matches at all, even 1%, even 1% of your income going into 401k, if they match at all, you'll have 2% going into your 401k and you don't have to put any work into it. So that's a really easy option to consider. There's another option called robo-advisors. This one, you got to do some research on. It's essentially a, like there's apps and, and different companies that are, work with third parties to help you Take your money and invest it in other things. I, If you are a beginner, 
I would do a ton of research to figure out what the best company or best uh, advisor is for you before you start. But again, you can start very small with this, okay? Another option is index funds. Index funds essentially work like mutual funds on autopilot. Okay. Mutual funds is another op option. Uh, they're recommending target date mutual funds, which are kind of like the robo advisor. They're still widely used and incredibly popular. Essentially, especially in employer retirement plans. So there are ways in these 401ks that you can go in and you can move things around if that's what you want. You can set it up to say, I want my money going into these things and never touch it again. It depends on where you're at. Sometimes doing that is not going to yield a high result, but if you're not really sure what to do or not really comfortable and you just want to start making something, you don't have to go in and change things around. Okay. There are tons of resources online to teach you how to learn what these different buckets are as far as stocks and investments and things like that. There's YouTube videos, there's everything. So if you're really interested in learning more about that, definitely go do some research, look up some YouTube videos, there's books, there's all kinds of things out there. There are also Exchange-traded funds. Exchange-traded funds operate in similar ways to index funds. They typically track a market index and take a passive approach to investing. They also tend to have lower fees than mutual funds. But just like an index fund, you can buy an ETF. Sorry, I might have said that wrong the first time. Exchange-traded funds are ETFs. Uh, you can buy them... You can buy an ETF that tracks a market index fund like the S&P 500. The main difference between ETFs and index funds is rather than carrying a minimum investment, ETFs are traded throughout the day and investors buy them for a share price, which is like a stock price and can fluctuate. That share price is essentially the ETF's investment minimum, and depending on the fund, it can range from under $100 to $300 or more. A lot of banks now are understanding that their customers want more resources and tools to help them with investing. And if they want to maintain their customers for the long haul, 
they've realized that they need to build their portfolio of tools and resources for their customers that it goes beyond just loans and banking and insurance and things like that. So a number of banks have now launched apps or tools within their own system that work with third parties to help you with investing. This is not an endorsement in any way, shape, or form. But because I am a customer with them and I understand, because I'm now using it, Navy Federal has an investment tool built right into your your account essentially. So if you go into, you log into Navy Federal, whether on the web or on your app, you can go to, uh, I believe it's tools and resources and, or, or products and select the option for investing. And you can choose which way you want to do it. And you can start with as little as you want. You can choose, they'll actually take you through a series of questions to where they'll help you figure out what type of investor you are, whether you're, um, you know, more willing to take risk or not. And once you answer these questions, they'll make a recommendation to you on the types of things to invest in or the way that you invest. You can do it to where you put the money in there and they manage it all, or you can do it to where you go in every day or as often as you like to move things around. With that, one of the options that they use are these exchange traded funds. I started about a month and a half ago with $100. I just wanted to see like, you know, how it works and, you know, start getting in there and and figuring it out. So I have a certain amount every month that I'm going to start putting into that account and see how it works. This is in addition to my 401k. Okay. You also have investment apps, things like Robinhood and... Oh, gosh, there's so many of them out there. To be honest with you, that was just the first thing that popped in my head. You start with a certain amount, put it in there and, you know, choose which stocks you want to purchase. And there you go. I am going to briefly talk about another one but I'm not going to stay on it long for a reason. There are also options for cryptocurrency. Personally, I stay away from them. I stay away from cryptocurrency because there is still so much uncertainty with it. There is still so much to learn with it and it's not as trusted as some of these other methods are, okay? So if you decide to look into cryptocurrency, do it with extreme caution. Do a ton of research and be very mindful on what you're doing. That is all I'm going to say about cryptocurrency. 
The last option that I'm going to briefly talk about is something called annuities. Annuities is essentially a contract between you and an insurance company, and it requires the insurer to make payments to you either immediately or in the future. What happens is you buy an annuity by making either a single payment or a series of payments. Similarly, your payout may come as either one lump sum payment or a series of payments over time. So what are some of the reasons to buy an annuity? People typically buy annuities to help them manage their income in retirement. And they can provide these three things. Periodic payments for a specific amount of time, death benefits, and tax-deferred growth. You pay no tax on the income and investment gains from your annuity until you withdraw your money, okay? A lot of other things work the same way. So what is important to understand about annuities is there are three types. There are fixed annuities. The insurance company promises you a minimum rate of interest and a fixed amount of periodic payments. These are regulated by state insurance commissioners, by the way. There are variable annuities. This is where the insurance company allows you to direct your annuity payments to different investment options, usually mutual funds. Your payment will vary depending on how much you put in, the rate of return on your investments and expenses. The SEC regulates variable annuities. And then there's indexed annuities. This annuity combines features of securities and insurance products. The insurance company credits you with a return that is based on the stock market indexed, such as the S&P 500. And index annuities are also regulated by state insurance commissioners. Okay, so... There are two phases of annuities. One is the accumulation phase. This is where you make payments that may be split among various investment options. The variable annuities often allow you to put some of your money in an account that pays a fixed rate of interest. That's just something to note. The second phase is the payout phase, and this is where you get your, pay your payments back, along with any investment income and gains. You may take the payout in a one lump sum payment, or you can choose to receive a regular stream of payments, generally monthly. All investments carry a level of risk. So understand that and make sure you consider your financial strength, the financial strength of the insurance company using or issuing the annuity. There are a lot of other things to understand about annuities if you're going to get into them. 
there are fees. There are some companies out there that are acting in manners that essentially are fraud. So be mindful of that. Do your research again on the company that you're using. Okay. I do want to note because I did not mention it in the very beginning. I am not in any way licensed to talk about investing in the manner of telling you what to invest in, okay? The information that I have shared today is solely based on my research, my experience, my understanding of different options that you have to get started. If you're looking for insight or advice on what specifically is best for you, which route is best for you, or which if you're getting into choosing the different stocks and things like that, I would highly recommend to check with a professional who is fully licensed in being able to do that. Sometime in the near future, I will be looking into to getting licensed in these types of things. So I hope to be able to add to these conversations and provide even more value and insight on that. I truly hope that just generally talking about the different options and how uh, seamless it is to get into starting to invest in today's day and age has provided some kind of insight, some kind of uh, clarity and ease of mind. Remember that it's important to do what is best for you and you can start small. You can start small. Investing is a way for you to set yourself up for future success. And it's also a way to help you leave something to the generations behind you, if that's something you desire. So I will ask you this question one more time. Are you ready to commit? Are you ready to start putting something into an investment and stick with it for the long haul? If that is a yes today, take some time over the next couple of weeks, consider all of your options, do some research, 
and get started. If you have to talk to a professional who's licensed just for your comfort and clarity, by all means, please do that. I would be more than happy to answer any questions that you have as far as helping to research and understand the information that you're, fi you're finding. But remember that I can't give you specific advice on what exactly you should start with, what is best for you and your family. But it will be coming soon. With that, I thank you for listening today. I appreciate every single one of you that tune in to this podcast and every episode. If you enjoyed this episode, if there is anything that stood out to you that you really enjoyed or insight that you got, please comment. Go ahead and leave your feedback. Whatever device you're listening to this on, whether it's a podcast app or something else, go ahead and hit like and give me a follow or subscribe, whatever option the device gives you. And if this podcast is really sitting with you and you're enjoying it and you know somebody who could benefit from hearing the information, I would greatly appreciate it if you would share it with them, not just for me, but also for them. And with that, stay tuned next week for another episode coming.